following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radio Land. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radio Land, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee, Studio A, where we are. Actually sitting at a clean desk, which is kind of good. This is episode 415. Yeah. Been watching the uh, the greatest show on television. I'll get to that here in a little bit. I also want to get into uh, um, uh, some uh, what, what was the worst television show uh, on television. We'll get to that as well. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting week for all of us, hasn't it? And uh, who knew that uh, those of us that uh, Grew up during the Cold War would get a chance to relive it. That's uh, that's fun. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a thing. We watch uh, we watch the world uh, unite in a in a really cool way. Um, we we're all supportive of uh, Vladimir Zelensky and the, uh, the the fine folk of Ukraine. And it's Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Now I'm hesitant to get into all of this because of um, what may transpire between the time that this is produced, which is a Sunday, the 27th of February, and the time that it is released, which will be in about an hour from now. <laughs> and on top of that, um, when this airs on Wednesday night at midnight at Radio Memphis, the, the whole thing will change. This has been such a rapidly moving thing. And it has been really addicting to watch. As I mentioned, it's become like the the uh, the most. Uh, it's been the best television show on television. Um, keep in mind something though too is I'm watching this far differently than than most people. This is the first time that I have uh, watched an event without the aid of network television. No CNN, no Fox, no ABC, NBC, all the alphabets, all of them. I, I have I've not used a single one of them. I have been following this through the eyes of the people that are there, that are streaming, that are live streaming, that are taking videos and uh, watching it come directly from the horses' mouths, if you will, listening to. Uh, President Zelensky, listening to him and understanding the translations and um, getting the unedited raw feeds of stuff that's that's in and around there, and it's it's fascinating to see it to see the story being told the way that it is. Granted, I've been mixing that up by going through various written articles about some of the things that are happening. Of course, you know, war is about politics. You really can't have one without the other, technically. So. Well, theoretically, I should say, but that's kind of what's happened here. So I've been kind of, you know, following up on things like, you know, freezing of the Swift accounts. I'm, I finally wrapped my head around how that works. Um, that's a that's a whole deal by the fact that they have taken uh, that the that the West really everybody but Russia uh, has pulled away their their inner you know the international banking stuff uh, away from Russia has made things. Well, a little complicated for them, and they don't like it. Um, the thing that I have learned most about this, um, the, the thing that sticks out to me the, the largest about anything of what has happened in Ukraine and with Russia, is that the mantra 
the subtext, the title of this whole war has been, without a doubt, go fuck yourself. I absolutely adore that because that's, I mean, that we've normalized that. Thank God we have, we have finally normalized it. And it came from what had happened, what had happened at Snake Island, uh, just off the southern coast of Ukraine, a small island, 13, 14 soldiers that were there, Russian uh, gunboat, ship, vessel of some sort, got on a radio and told them to uh, uh, lay down their arms and surrender. And the the people on that island got back on the radio and literally said, hey, Russian vessel, go fuck yourself. And that became this uh, this rallying cry because we're hearing that now with uh, they put it on the highway signs, you know, like, you know, you're driving on the freeway, they'll say like, you know, um, eight minutes to wherever or. Uh, left lane closed or stuff like that. Those digital signs, they're putting that. They're putting that. Hey, Russia, go fuck yourself on on those signs, and it's and it's delightful. I just saw a little while ago that there were some talks going on between delegates from Ukraine and Russia, and you know, Putin is saying, "Hey, let's uh, uh, you know lay down everything here. Uh, we'll we'll end this war right now. You just need to surrender." And the Ukrainians said, "Hey, go fuck yourself." And it's just it, it gets right to the point. They're not pulling any punches. They're just they're doing this so well. The Russians have been got completely off guard by how organized uh, the Ukrainian people have become uh, behind this. And they they're obviously very staunch individuals. It's their home. They love their home. This uh, Zelensky, he loves his people. He's very proud to be with them. Not bad from a former for, former comic and a and a winner of the uh, Ukrainian version of uh, America. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, D- Dancing with the Stars. Yes, he won that, which I find amusing. But it's it's fun to watch. It really is. I know there's death and destruction and all that shit that goes with it. But it's been fun to watch it from a bird's eye position. And I'll have to tell you. You have to give yourself a little time away from it because it is it 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 will wear on you. And there's some scary shit with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not being glib about this at all. Uh, this is this is a big deal. But what we have seen, at least what I have seen, is the unification of this country again. Because most everybody that's not named Trump is all for the you know supporting Ukraine and against Russia. Russia was we always had this notion that oh they were this big and powerful nation. Turned out not so much. They were they were kind of pointless. Uh yeah, Trump came out and uh, initially gave support by saying uh, support to Putin by saying that he was a genius and that he was very savvy. And just the other day he said that America is a dumb country. And that's a former president of this country that said that. And and it's like at this point you're moot. You're you 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 have no no bearing on anything. You're a you're a piece of shit. If you support Russia, if you support Putin, you're you're a turd on my yard. That's all you are. So for him to say that was just like, okay, great. All right, go go piss off somewhere else. And of course, he tried to backtrack, saying that Zelensky was very brave. But you know, he's just he he doesn't know what he talks about. You know, thank God he wasn't in the White House when all this shit was happening, which I've always said, had Putin been really, really smart, he would have done to Ukraine then while while Trump was in office because Trump would have just supported him the whole way. But that's not the case. That's not how it happened. But but yeah, it has rapidly become the 
interesting thing to watch. So, but what else has been sort of interesting, which I do want to get into as well. We'll talk. We'll bounce back and forth between the two because they're actually sort of related. Uh, we'll get into to some. It's going to be a weird hodgepodge kind of show because uh, you know stuff. So, anyway, let me pause right here. We'll be back. Oh, in about 60 seconds with more uh, right here from Radioland. Don't go away. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're Biz to Credit, a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5809. That's 800-559-5809. Again, 800-559-5809. Call now. The absolute shit show that was the Olympics. (laughs) I mean, it's come and gone. Not very many people, not many of you watched it. I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. I did sit down a little bit every once in a while with the wife when she had it on because there were some events that she likes to watch. And, you know, and I'm sort of the same way. But it it was tough to watch. It was, it was uh, well, not very Olympic uh, for starters. There was just so many weird things that, that had gone on, aside from the fact that it was taking place in China. And all of the weird shit that went on with that and the doping and the, you know, which it, it happens every time these Olympics, you know, show up. Um, the the fake eye, the man-made snow, that was, there were, there were skiers that were having trouble with that because they were, they're not used to, they're not used to, to skiing on that stuff. And it's just this weird kind of more ice than snow type of thing. Not all that powdery, just kind of, I don't know, it was strange. And, uh, so it was it was tough to watch, you know, specifically American uh, athletes that were having some trouble out on the snow. What was that girl's name whose father died? Uh, can't think of her name. At any rate, forgive me. Uh, she fell down. She was expected to medal in like five events, and she fell down in three of them. You know, uh, it was it was tough. And then of course, every time you looked at it, it was figure skating, and it's like, okay, this is. This is old now. This is I'm done with this. This is okay. This what else is on? And you know, NBC took a bath in these Olympics. They really did. Mike Tirico did a fantastic job as always because he's a he's a pro. He's uh he's a, he's a great broadcaster. But you could tell it was not that easy for him. Um, they NBC had several report. They had a lot of reporters that were involved in this, and most of them were back here in the states. They were in Connecticut, I believe, at their offices there. That's kind of where they did it. And it was weird to watch an event and hear commentary coming from the States while it was happening. And it was, it was I don't know, it was, I don't know how they did it, but it, it, they somehow managed to get around the delay. The latency was kind of cool. But but they did pull that off. And it was, I don't know, they were doing, they, they, they had interviews with people that were, you know, of course, former Olympians that were here in the States. And they had a couple of reporters there at the games. And they were not all in one place. It wasn't all in Beijing, too. You know, there was there was a bulk of it there, and then about a hundred miles to like the northwest was one event, and then another hundred miles off to the west was this other event. 
it was strange. And it, you know, you would see where they had these, like say, like skiing. They had a ski area show. They had an aerial shot of it, and you could see where they were, where the athletes were going to be, you know, doing their thing. But the hills were all brown, you know, because there was no snow, and it was just they only put the snow right where they wanted it. It was very, very odd. We'll probably be hearing, f- f- maybe we'll probably be hearing from some, you know, from some of the athletes when they come back about how strange and surreal all of this really was. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's what it is. And my, my fear with it has been not only a fear, I guess it's just a reality is that the Olympics don't seem to carry the, the, the amount of weight they used to carry. They really don't. It's, um, it, I know it's a sense of pride and I you know with the athletes, of course, you know, cause they work very hard to get there and nobody really gives a shit about, Oh, I don't know, downhill skiing until the Olympics show up. But there's like, there's races and stuff happening all the time, every year in various countries. There's these Grand Prix and there's these other events that happen and nobody ever follows it. It never gets coverage. So it's always a bit of a surprise for those that are watching the Olympics to, you know, to, to see a competitor for the first time and they go, oh, this person is good. Uh, this person seems interesting. And it turns out they've been skiing for like 15 years and they've, they've won all these awards. And you're like, what? I don't Unless you really are diehard into the sport. Not many people really are. It's, you know, it, these are all basic strangers and sort of famous in that they are, you know, you know, you got, you got people like Sean White. Everybody knows who Sean White is, the snowboarder. He's, this was his last Olympics and he's just some hippie from Colorado that was having fun out on the slopes and, you know, took it to the Olympics a few times and, and you know, was instrumental in getting, Snowboarding is is an accepted sport into the Olympics, but nevertheless, what two years from now we have the summer the summer games? I don't know anything about it. It's just going to be one of those things that nobody really plans for. It just seems so haphazard and odd and stuck and mired in politics and weirdness and and it's always the athletes that are left to just kind of sit there and take it all in. Now, one of the things I did notice. Because I watched the opening ceremonies, which, quite frankly, is kind of cool as uh, visuals. It was all kind of boring. But when they have the parade of the uh, athletes that came in, and they all come in from various countries and and whatnot, the uh, the athletes from Ukraine came onto the floor, and immediately they cut to a shot of Vladimir Putin, Vlad the Invader, sitting up in this in his seat by himself, kind of rolling his eyes at the whole thing. Um, you know, he gave the command to invade Ukraine right after the Russian men's hockey team lost. He always he's done this before. It's like him and the Olympics are tied in in for some global response type deal. It's it's strange. But at any rate, I mean, they had that. And of course, the whole looming invasion was, you know, it was it was it was this, it was casting a, 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 a pall onto everything. It was just, you know, didn't talk a whole lot about it. NBC's coverage of the Olympics was unusual in that they spent, uh, they spent their, you know, their usual amount of time covering sports and whatnot, but they also spent a fair amount of time talking about the politics of China and what, uh, what all that was. Now they, they did treat it with, you know, kit gloves as, as you do, but you know, it was, I don't know. It was, like I said, it was very surreal. It was at times difficult to watch and I've, uh, I, you know, 
I, I gave up on it about halfway through, and that was I was still sort of half-ass watching it. The wife was watching it, you know. She she enjoy, of course she's a sports nut, so she <clears throat> she enjoys that kind of stuff. Now, having said that, following the Olympics came what, like as I mentioned earlier, the greatest show on television. Except it really wasn't on TV per se; it was on everybody's devices, and that is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And uh, that has been, that was, boy, that was nerve-wracking when it started. But when you understood the resolve and the humanity that is tied into this and, and you know, the actions of, of the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, um, he really kind of pulled the, the cover away. He pulled the curtain back, I should say, on what Vladimir Putin is. And... Putin's lost his damn mind. This isn't the same guy that that we would talk about in the news five years ago. It's just he's not the same dude. It's like he's gone crazy. It's like this is his time and he's done his deal. And there was always this weird, you know, I'm Vladimir Putin. There was this, this fear that we all had of what the Russians were about. Thanks to the movies, that's kind of how that <laughs> how that worked out. But that's it's not the case, as it turns out. As it turns out, the Russians ain't got squat. In fact, they're running out of their own people. The populace of Russia has stood up and has argued against Putin. And what has happened now from lessons we have learned or not learned from the past is that when you go against them, he gets pissy. Ask Navalny that question. He's in a penal colony uh, with an extended sentence because he all he did was oppose him. He ran against him, and that's what that's what got him into trouble. And so far, somewhat as of as of right at the point of the production of this, somewhat thirty five hundred Russian civilians have been arrested for protesting the war. Um, they're being charged with treason. This is that's what it's like to not have a First Amendment in your country. It's not like to have the freedom of speech, I should say. Uh, you know, freedom of speech is a very important thing. And, and uh, thanks to the Internet, we're all getting to see it. I mean, think about it. Between social media and the fact that everybody carries a camera on them and is able to see these things as they happen is is impressive. I tell you what else is impressive about this is that even though you are seeing some of it, there's not a whole heck of a lot of it, but um, people passing off footage from other conflicts as this one that's happening in Ukraine, there's no need for that. It's dumb. I mean, we're we're watching play by plays as it happens from the soldiers' points of view. I saw uh, where where a, a Russian soldier had been he had surrendered and uh, was talking with his Ukrainian captors, and the Ukrainians were being nice about it. You know, they were like, well, why, what, what, do you, what do you know? Why are you here? What's going on? And the Russian was simply stating that they had been sent to Belarus on, a, on you know, war games and drills. And then all of a sudden they had been sent into Ukraine and they were ordered to kill. And they didn't want to do that. I mean, they, they had to be tricked into going into Ukraine or they had to be uh, forced into it. And some of them just, there was a whole troop of them a group of them a squad i don't know what, what what would be the right nomenclature but it was a group and they just walked in the first ukrainian resistance they met they just laid their guns down and said hey don't shoot we're with you now those guys will never be able to go back to russia clearly 
But you've got the people now that are standing up against Russia, and it's not just within. It's happening all over the world. Even China. China backed off a bit, too. Did you notice this? They were like, um, yeah, we're us commie buddies got to stick together, but I think you may have overstepped your boundaries. In other words, China said that we could sort of support you, but we can't really support support you because they know what side of the bread their butter is on, you see. They don't want to piss off the West because of how much money that China makes off of this. Yeah, they, China likes to call themselves communists, but they're about as capitalist as it gets. It's, you know, financially, it's straight up capitalism. It sure the hell is. Morality and laws, that's communism. And, you know, but it's only for the little people. So I, I expect, you know, China knows better than to get, you know, get into all of that business. And, you know, Putin, Putin screwed up. You know, he misunderestimated the strength of the Ukrainian people and the resolve of that nation. And um, he just thought he was just going to waltz on in there and just take it. And that's not the case. Even his own military is caving in. Uh, as of uh, this day, this uh, Sunday, the 27th, um, if you're a Russian, you can't get a flight out. No, you can fly in and around Russia all you want to, but there is virtually no airspace in the West where you can fly countries have banned it i think canada allows it still but that's think that's just temporary but now uh just a, a moment ago there's been a call for americans if there's any americans in russia to get out find a way to get out now when that kind of language happens it seems a bit alarming and one of the things that does come to mind of course was you know putin basically threatening uh the west with uh his nuclear arsenal it's a dick move, but um, when this, you know, because because Ukraine is not in NATO, there was nothing anybody could do. There really wasn't, because you have NATO nations that surround it. And the second Russia crosses that line into a NATO country, then then it's a different deal. And when that when Putin said that, you know, if anybody from the West decided to help the Ukrainians, he would they would be met with. You know, hellfire and destruction like they'd never seen before, or something like that. Whatever the whatever the quote was, but uh, you know, you can't just let a madman with a nuclear weapon just kind of do whatever he wants. Well, he's got nukes. What are we going to do? Uh, we can't just you know. He's no. You got to do something. And you know what they did? The collectively, the entire world has stood on its own two feet and looked directly into the eyes of Moscow and said, "Go fuck yourself." I think that's brilliant. I really do think it's brilliant. Is it is it done? Is it over? Is it is you know no, it's not. It, there's a ways to go, and it's and it is kind of frightening. It it really is. I'm not gonna lie to you there, but um, I think it's gonna end very you know very soon. Uh, what are the Russians gonna do with uh, with Putin after the fact? Only time will tell. Will the sanctions be around? Oh yeah, yeah. Is there anybody that says all oh, the sanctions don't work? Well, yeah, they do. And look, Putin's a wealthy guy. It's not gonna stop him from spending whatever money he's got. That's, you know, that's whatever the case may be. He just didn't spin it in the right direction. He sent these guys into war with like substandard equipment, which is, I guess, a Russian thing to do, I suppose. I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert in that, but he's going to have trouble feeding his nation and he's going to have fun trying to keep the lights on. And he's going to have fun when the stock market opens and the Russian stock market, which already as of last week took a 66% hit. That's enormous. That's like, that's, that's depression zone. 
That's bad. That is really, really bad. And, um, you know, as we get into this new this this week, you know, it's going to get even worse. And you got a lot of wealthy Russians that are that are going to get pissed off. And then you got a lot of, you know, middle of the road Russians that are getting pissed off. And you got a lot of poor Russians that are getting really pissed off because they can't get the things that they you know, that they want or deserve because they are citizens of a country. They're supposed to be taken care of by their government and their government got hot-headed and tried to take over somebody else's land. All It's all a vanity thing. I mean, that's really all this is. You know, Putin grew up in the Cold War and, you know, was a part of the KGB. He was, you know, he was, he was one of the, you know, the head knockers and all of that. And, you know, Gorbachev comes along and uh, ends not only ends the Cold War with Ronald Reagan, but he, you know, they tear down the walls. They allow the countries to go be free states, you know, that they had collected over the years, and Ukraine being one of them. And that, you know, that was that. Then Boris Yeltsin comes along, and he stays drunk during his administration, and that didn't go well. And then in 1999, 98, Vladimir Putin becomes the, you know, the head of Russia. Not a whole lot wasn't really known about him aside from the KGB stuff, but he was, you know, relatively quiet. He wasn't too terribly, you know, active, but he did have a, a tendency that, which is odd, that in and around the Olympics, he would use that, I guess, as a strange cover of some sort to get a nation back. And he did with um, the Crimean Peninsula, with Belarus, with Georgia, some of the stands, you know, all of that stuff. And now they're now they're looking at this going, you know what, fuck, you know, fuck Russia, fuck Putin. We're going to get our own thing back and we can use this now because there's no way he can he can control all of this. He's Putin on top of all of this decided to threaten Finland. <laughs> and there was somebody from Finland that said, look, you don't have to worry about a thing, Vladdy. There are some three hundred and sixty thousand Russian soldiers already here. They're six feet underground, but they are here. Thanks to the Second World War. <laughs> so, yeah, and all of this is because uh, Putin didn't want Finland to join NATO. And if and he said if they, if they even bothered to attempt to join NATO, then, then he was going to come in and take things over. And, uh, well, that tells you kind of pretty much all you need to know about what this guy is and what he's like. So these, these other countries now are looking at ways of of separating themselves from him. And the West has certainly done that. And, you know, be that as it may, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, is there a nuclear war? I don't think so. I really don't, you know, and, and I'm being optimistic of, of course, but I don't think he's that stupid. He may be crazy, but I don't think he's that stupid because nobody wins. Nobody wins. I just saw a little while ago before, uh, before I sat down to record this, that, um, uh, the prime minister of Japan, um, Abe, his first name just escaped me, but you know what I'm talking about. He's extended uh, an invitation to the United States to host some of our rockets, our nuclear-capable rockets in Japan. This could be posturing. This, could, I mean, this is you have to remember what gets released in the media. This publicity stuff that you see from reporters and these journalists that are there sometimes is used as a tool in and of itself. That's why the following of this entire conflict from the, the moment it happened all the way through to, to right now, I've been following it through live feeds and live cameras and streams from people, you know, because they didn't get their internet cut off. Elon Musk 
organized it that more terminals are on the way. So you got they have internet access even during times of conflict. And the, the whole Starlink thing is is operational there. That's that's the thing. That's what's happening. So it allows somebody like me, maybe you as well, uh, you know, to watch it, watch it un- unfold. Uh, they are roughly, depending on where you are, about what's between between seven and nine hours ahead of us in this country. Um, so they, they, and like all the other wars, for some strange reason, and all the fighting happens at nighttime. So usually by by late afternoon into the early evening hours, I've been watching this unfold through these live cameras and these live feeds and stuff. And some of it has been, it's been difficult to understand. And you're getting these reports from people from there. And you go, well, how can you vet that stuff? How, how is it that is, how, what makes you think it's real? Well, when a guy is standing there holding what is called a butterfly mine, and he's telling you that the Russians are putting these out there to target children, that should tell you something. You're watching an ambulance get hit by a Russian tank. They tar- they're targeting ambulances, uh, jets, uh, shooting rockets or missiles or whatever. They're shooting ordnance into people's homes. There are uh, there there are all these instances of this horrific business that war is that 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 happens and it makes it a little difficult. But you can see it actually happening and and it's you know it's tough. Um, you know, aside from the whole mantra of go fuck yourself, there was another, there's another great um, thing that seems to be spreading as well. Um, perhaps you heard, you've heard of this, um, but I'll, but I'll tell, I'll tell it like this. The national flower of Ukraine is the sunflower. I don't know why that is. Maybe they, maybe they grow a lot of them there, I, whatever the case is, but it's their, it's their national flower. And there was a uh, there was a woman. I saw this video. I mean, this isn't staged shit. This is the real deal that somebody from across the street had taped, and they had their. You could hear it. I mean, it's in it's in Russian and and Ukrainian languages, but uh, which by is a dialect, by the way. Uh, they can understand each other personally, but uh, the translation is very real because the body language is real. And the this woman, this this Ukrainian woman. An older woman, you know, the old babushka types, you know, big breasted frock wearing, headscarf wearing thing in her bags. And she walks up to a Russian soldier who is on the sidewalk and he's a bit mystified by this. I think that the, some of the things that are happening, he just he just looks so out of place there. This is during daylight. And this woman is cussing at this this soldier and she says she says to him, you know, or she asks him, why are you here? He doesn't answer, but he's like, why are you here? What are you doing? This is my home. We didn't invite you here. Go away. And the man's defiant. I mean, he's just following his own orders. I get. He's just standing there. And you're and you're you're halfway expecting him at one point to just reach over and slap this woman. But he doesn't. And she she extends to him a fist, a hand, right? A, a closed fist. She's not gonna strike the man. She's got her closed fist palm up. And she says, in my hand, I have sunflower seeds I want you to put into your pocket. And she repeats this several times. Put these sunflower seeds in your pockets. And like about after the third or fourth time she says this, the Russian is looking at her kind of kind of weird. 
And she says, so when your corpse rots into the earth, our sunflowers will grow. Pretty powerful stuff. That it is. And if you want to look to a uh, what a real patriot looks like, look no further than Vladimir Zelensky. That man is, he's the real deal, man. He really is. Leave it to the comedians. They're the ones that figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was, he was, a, he was a comedian and... Uh, he was a dancer. He was an entertainer. He was he was everything, and now he's the president of Ukraine. He won on a seventy six percent margin of vote, if I understand that, if I remember that correctly. He's got his detractors, as as you know every politician does. But boy, now they 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 adore him. And I tell you what else? There was a, a former Miss Ukraine that uh, has taken up arms to fight with her comrades there in her native country, as as the Klitschko brothers. I don't know if you know who the Klitschko brothers are. Vladdy, Vlad, Vladdy, is it Vladdy Klitschko, Vladimir, and his brother or something? Anyway, they're both boxers. They're both uh, uh, Hall of Fame boxers. Big deal. Vladimir Klitschko is the uh, Klitschko. Klitschko uh, is um, he's the mayor of Kiev. That's what he is, and uh, he's uh, he's 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 out there in fatigues and carrying a gun, and he's like, this is my home. I don't want these Russians here. There's not a bit of fear in any of these people. It's it's really remarkable to watch and to see it unfold the way that it is being you know being laid out that way through these live streams is is rather remarkable. Hence, being the greatest show on television, far better than that shit show that was the Olympics, wasn't it? Good God Almighty! These journalists are out there going, man, you're going to put me out of a job. Yeah, maybe so, but it takes the bias right out of it, don't you think? Hey, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomclosetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radioland with Rick Cheddar. So I'm sitting here going through the terms of service of Truth Social. This is the new uh, social media thing that was put forth by the far right. Uh, Devin Nunes is the head dude that runs this thing. Uh, this is a, this is the Trump Twitter thing. This is <laughs> it's not going well for. It. They tried to launch this thing and it was oh it was just a shit show all the way around. Um, and uh, I'm reading through the terms of service here. Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody's clearly nobody is going to read this stuff, but uh, but yeah, it is it is there. But it's supposed to be a place for freedom of speech. It's supposed to be a place where you you don't set out a tweet, you set out a truth. And if your truth doesn't knock heads with their truth, then there's going to be a problem. Apparently, in fact, your ass will probably wind up being kicked off the damn platform, which is yeah, a great loss. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. Download episodes to your mobile device. Search the show in iTunes, Player.fm, Stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or TuneIn. 
And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. Assuming things don't you know, completely fall to shit uh, between now and then. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have averted this whole thing and we'll get back to business as usual, which would be, I don't know, kind of, it'd be kind of groovy if we could do that. That would be sort of the sort of fun i think i don't know it's just you know <laughs> it's my point of view whatever that's worth i don't know i'm just a dude with a microphone man that, that, that works at a radio station that does stuff and things and stuff i don't know there's no terms of service here my friends it's all the way that it is so it's real simple you know i say things if you like them great if you don't that's fine too. I, you know, that's that's all there is to it. And you know, there's another whole, you know, don't say anything. Or, look, I may say offensive shit from time to time because I do. You know, that's just kind of who I am. But that's all part of the fun. You know, it's just it, every. It, I'm no different than than you are. I have it. I have an opinion. I just I just share it. I'm a little more vocal about it. There's no harm in any of that, is there? No, not at all. It's one of those deals that. You just do what you do. You say what you say. And you know, I always love it when people say, well, I like Donald Trump because he says what he means. If that's the case, he's a pretty stupid man. He, I, if that's the case. Now, I've been accused of the same thing. Well, I like what you say because you say what other people are thinking. Um, well, that's because I do pay attention. I'm interested in what other people think. I'm interested in what other people say sometimes or what their actions. And, and we're watching this, you know, this thing in Ukraine is a prime example. And, you know, um, you know, watching what, what else is happening in the world, and the reactions to it that, that come our way. And it, you know, uh, there's some, there's, there's always a little bit of silver lining in the dark clouds. And this looks good. I think this is probably something that the, that the world may have needed to understand what kind of a bastard Vladimir Putin really is and what happens when the peaceful folk come together and, and collectively say things like, hey, Russia, go fuck yourself. And they're going to stand there and say, I dare you. I dare you to do these things that you claim that you're going to do. It, it serves no purpose for them to do them. But for all of us to get together and, you know, all of our little candles come together to make a really bright light and we, we get we get real noisy, too. So, you know, that's a that's a good thing. So, you know, look, uh, I'll leave you with this as you know, as you may be kind of like me, where you're just sort of interested in watching this all the time. Give yourself a break from it. You know, step away from it when you can uh, go for a walk, get away from the computer, put the phone in your pocket, do something, you know, take the dog out if you got a dog. If you don't have a dog, go get a dog. Go for a walk. Hang out with your neighbors. Go to a go to a bar. Have a drink. If you don't drink, go to a restaurant. Eat some tacos. If you don't like tacos, go fuck yourself. I don't, who doesn't like tacos? Seriously, what the hell? What, what am I even going to? Live your lives. Do the things. Do all of them. Take a moment to smell the roses. It's important. It really is because there will come a time when you'll sit there and go, man, why did I not do that? I do that as well. And um, I hope you all, uh, you know, Take a moment to uh, to breathe. That's that's the important thing. Go go do the things you enjoy doing. That's you know life's too short for any of that nonsense. So there you go. Uh, until next time, as I'm out of here, got things to do, places to go. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other. All right, I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radio Land.
Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.